The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Tech Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. We are proudly brought to you today by BovadaSportsBook.com. We'll talk about them a little bit later on. Uh, although it doesn't really sound like it based on my voice today, you are listening to Sean Ryan and also Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, man? What up, man? We're just a bunch of sick old guys. Sick old guys. Getting through the holidays. Getting through I know, the holidays. Man. So this is like the second or third year in a row I got sick pretty much on Christmas, which is uh, which is just fantastic. Um yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't really know what the deal is. This is Sam, I know you were, you've been fighting bronchitis uh, for about two weeks. You still have a little bit of a cough. I have a little bit of a, what sounds like a studio engineered voice. You're getting a little Barry White today. You're not getting the uh, the usual baritone. I think you're going to get the full bass today uh, of uh, of Sean Ryan. But uh, let's see. What do we What do we have to talk about today? Um, general stuff. I, w- I kind of want to hear about uh, you know how Sam's week went. So we'll get into that pretty early on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how the Redskins cut ways uh, with DJ Swearinger. We're going to talk about a little bit about Tom Brady, head coaching searches, the Baker Mayfield stare down. Uh, we are implementing today for the first time ever the King James crotch watch. We will be uh, putting that into effect. We have to know how LeBron's groin is doing. I need to know. You need to know. We're going to dig right into that. Um, yeah, Christmas Day games were uh, were very interesting, and uh, you know the, the the NBA. I think this year is. Uh, it's a little bit more interesting than I remember it, um, you know, in seasons past. You know, I think there's a lot more parity this year. Uh, it is shaping up to be a very interesting season. Although, spoiler alert, the uh, the Golden State Warriors will still win the NBA championship. But uh, maybe there's room for debate, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But, Sam, I got to say, man, um, I had a pretty decent week. How did your week go? It was good, man. I'm just all messed up because I had to go back to work today. And... I'm all sorts of messed up. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I literally was the most unproductive person at work today. Um, But I think a lot of people were. I I was working from home, but um, there was not a lot of working going on. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, how much time did you get off for the holidays? Um, Well, I took like three days off before Christmas break. So I took that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. We were off Monday, Tuesday, and then I was back. To, and then I work, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'm off Monday, Tuesday, and then back <laughs> Wednesday. Th- so it's just a, it's a mess, man. Yeah, but I, I don't need to go into the office until the f- next Friday. Okay, that's so, nice. So you yeah, got a little bit bad. of a little buffer, a little bit little of buffer, a adjustment. A little buffer. I don't need to make sure my my pants are ironed or anything like that. So. <laughs> I took off. Thing. I took off Friday completely, obviously, uh, well, we had Monday, my office was shut down on Monday, uh, yesterday I had off, um, you know, anybody out there, um, if you celebrated Christmas, I hope your, your Christmas is great. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you enjoyed your day off. Um, yeah, I mean, we, um, 
we're, we're kind of chilling at the house. Uh, like I said, I did kind of get sick, and I think I got sick because my Christmas actually, because of you know in-laws and extended family Christmases and, and all that stuff, my Christmas actually started on Saturday of last week. Um, where we had our first kind of, I guess, um, my, my wife's father's family. Uh, we went over there and spent time with them. And here's the thing. So I had medicine in my system, Sam. Now, you know this because I was texting you all night, and probably many of these texts I don't even remember sending. I do remember some of them. I don't want to get, get into the graphic nature of some of them. Right, but, um, right. But I was I was sending texts, and um, it, no, seriously, like it, it it didn't occur to me until later. But I ended up having a medicine in my body that was supposed to be out of my system. But I'm I'm somebody, Sam. You know this. I don't dabble. I don't mix drinking with like medicines or anything like that. I never do right. it because I just don't want that kind of effect. Well, I remember talking to um, my uh, my brother in law's girlfriend, and I had like a scotch or maybe two scotches at that point. And I'm like. Man, I'm like really feeling the scotch. What is up with this tonight? Because it usually doesn't, I don't even, like nothing makes a dent in me until I have like five drinks in me. And, um, which isn't a great thing, honestly. I should probably stop <laughs> drinking if that's the case. But, um, you know, I, I had a couple drinks. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm like, I, I feel like it's the end of the night. And I was like, yeah, you know, probably I just didn't eat. So I went and ate some more snacks and I thought it would be fine. And I was kind of casually, casually drinking like I do. Um, but what I didn't realize until much later in the night is I probably still had that medicine in my body. And I seriously, man, I blacked out. Like, to the point where I was with them again on Christmas evening, uh, that same group of people, and I was asking them questions um, that, like, you know, uh, my brother-in-law got something. I was like, oh, um, when did you get, uh, I think he had like a little mini Nintendo with those preloaded games, like yeah, this yeah, old yeah. school. I was like, oh, when did you get one of those? And he's like, uh, Saturday. Uh, we had a whole conversation about it. <laughs> like when he opened a present. I don't remember, seriously, half the night. Um, that night yeah. and I never dude I never black out th this might be my worst blackout ever and uh it was wild man it was wild yeah the the texts were hilarious and then at one point you started arguing with me about uh, I was like making a joke about a girl's name or something and you started arguing with me that wasn't her name I'm like <laughs> I know I don't make all right joke. I don't remember that at all so now I gotta go back yeah. to the texts so it was just it was funny you know, I honestly, like I was a little because I don't like it in like that at all. Um, I never get like that. I don't think I think there have only been like maybe like two or three times where I don't remember like like an hour or more of a night. Like, I, I, you know, I'm just not I've never been like a huge drinker. And when I drink like that, it's because I made a mistake. Another such mistake, Sam, was actually your wedding night um, as a as a your best man. I don't remember half of that wedding either, which to my shame, like literally to my shame, I'll uh you know, you don't get those nights back. So I always, again, you know, I always try not to do those types of things. But um, then I felt a little bit better. And I'll tell you how the night ended, Sam. I don't even know if I told you this. Uh, my wife was, of course, my wife was driving uh, my daughter and me home. And um, I was like, I got to eat something uh, because this is not good. And uh, by this time, I do remember this pretty vividly, this part of the night. I'd come back too. And I was like, take me to Burger King because um, it's the closest restaurant. So first of all, if I'm asking to go to Burger King, that's that's your first clue right. that something is not right because I don't eat a right. Burger King. So I wolf right. the burger down and it's not even putting a dent. Like usually when you have some food in your belly at that point, you start to feel at least like something's starting to clear up, right? Like right. you're you know, right. not spinning or anything like that. And nothing, if anything, it's getting worse. And then it hits me. I'm like, 
oh, I've probably, that medicine must still be in my system. So at that point, it, this became a purge situation. I decided to hit the evacuate button in my stomach. And uh, <laughs> you know what? It did save my Sunday, though. Like, I wasn't really hungover or anything like that on Sunday. I was tired like crazy, but... Um, um, well, but you're lucky. I am lucky, but you know what? Right after that, that night is when I started feeling ill. So I think, like, my immune system was just kind of given the, uh, the old left the left hook, right uppercut situation. Probably. It was a one-two punch, and uh, I've kind of been on my uh, on my butt ever since then. So, Yeah, but that's a go-to move, man, hitting the eject button. You know, sometimes if you know you're eventually going to get there, you know, you, it's it's better to, to do it yourself. You know, yeah, get, I, get it over with. I, I mean, do it, do it, do it um, yourself when you make the choice the night of, as opposed to doing it involuntarily and fight against it the day after. That's well, yeah, because then, yeah, your your head's gonna be split and oh, you're gonna be a whole yeah. bunch of things, man. It's not, it's not fun, man. It's never been fun, but the older you get, it's it's oh, less it's fun, much worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I'm just not a not a young buck anymore. And then another thing too, I noticed um, from the week is I I like literally Sam literally I think I gained 15 pounds from December 1st into today. And I know most of it's probably like eight of that is sodium, but seriously, like from the scales on December 1st until like last night, I hopped on the scale because I needed to see what the damage was. I needed that harsh dose of reality, and I was like, holy, <laughs> holy moly, holy moly. Hey man. You enjoyed yourself, and you'll 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 strip it off. You yeah, always do. I know, I know, but uh, I need to stop these. Fl- I feel like Luther Vandross. You remember, like when he was still alive and he was doing those album covers. Like he'd be yeah. fat, and then he'd have an album come out, and he'd slim down. He'd lose like 180 pounds for these album covers, and then yeah. uh, you know he he'd look great, and then he'd he'd fatten back up. It's kind of what my annual schedule is these days. So I got to make sure uh, I don't put my body through that kind of ringer anymore either. It's not good for you, man. No, but you know it's not. It's like fun, it's fun when end. you're putting the weight on. It's not so fun when you're taking it off. I know that. Yeah, that's what Christian Bale said about doing that Dick Cheney movie. He said it was a lot of fun, you know, hoofing down a bunch of food to to be Dick Cheney. But he's like, you know, the taking it off was 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 no picnic. That so. Christian Bale man, he will he'll talk about putting your body through the ringer. So he gained all that weight yeah. for that movie. Uh, what was that one? He like he literally like the mechanist for, or the yeah the yeah yeah the machinist yeah. And he yeah, just he like he was only eating a can of tuna and a diet coke a day. And Matthew like McConaughey to, did something like that too for his movie that he won the Oscar. Yeah. I think it was two chicken yeah. breasts and a diet coke or something like that for him. Right, right. Crazy. I gotta get I gotta get on that diet. <laughs> you'll be a grumpy motherfucker, man. Yeah, I will be. I will be. You'll be. You'll be freaking cut, but you'll be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> this is so. generally the two stages of my life: really in shape and grumpy, or uh, or fat and slightly less grumpy. Right. Anyway, all right. Let's move uh, to sports. So the Redskins. I don't know if you saw this same over the weekend. The Redskins. Um, uh, they lost uh, last week, last Saturday. Uh, to the Titans, it was kind of a closest game. Uh, then, um, then the Titans kind of pushed it away later after Mariota left the game. DJ Swearinger came out and uh, he was very critical of the defensive coordinators' uh, play calling. Uh, Gruden calls him into the office and uh, and they just cut ways with him, parted ways, and said, you know, we can't have that. We can't have the criticism of the coaching and all, and all that. And um, you know, it kind of made me laugh because this is like a very Redskins move. You know, 
if if the Patriots did this, you wouldn't even think anything else of it. But because right. it's the Redskins, and you could name any other dysfunctional team, you could say something like uh, the Raiders, for example. Right. Um, another, by the way, another Gruden-led team. Um, <laughs> the parallels there are kind of scary between how dysfunctional Oops. the Raiders are. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put um, the Redskins stuff on Jay Gruden. This is totally a uh, Bruce Allen and, and Dan Snyder organization. But the Redskins, right. man, they are just hopeless. They are just hopeless. They have a pretty good head coach. They have nice talent. They're hopeless. I feel so bad for Redskins fans, which I don't count myself a part of anymore. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were. were. It, it seems like they were getting some momentum, but they can just never get over the hump, you know, in the past, you know. They're in football purgatory. Years, you know, yeah. I remember, um, gosh, I, I want to say maybe it's the end of the 2000s. Maybe it was even early 2000s, back around the time – and maybe it was a little bit even before Bill Parcells came to the Cowboys. And the the the, the Cowboys at that point, maybe like the Chan Gailey years, this stuff um, way after Barry Switzer, way after the Super Bowl window was closed, but before the triplets had, I think, officially moved on. You know, the Cowboys were just eight and eight every year. And I remember being like a huge Redskins fan at that point. I remember loving that the Cowboys were eight and eight because they could never get a draft pick early enough to really help the team. And right. um, and Jerry Jones was at that point he didn't have the infrastructure around them to really get talent in. I think he's a lot better now um, as an owner, and he has his son involved, and his son is very involved and and helps Jerry Jones to avoid big mistakes like drafting um, Johnny Manziel, which he famously wanted to do. But yeah, I mean the Redskins are in that they're always nine and seven or seven and nine. Um, they're always either the sixth seed in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting because uh, you know the the hard knocks um, series is going to be looking hard at Washington. I think this year, and they do oh, not nice. want to do it. Um, but they're such a polarizing team that uh, that I think they'll get that chance. And they don't have. I mean, basically, if you've been in the playoffs in the last two years, you don't have to do the show. Or if you have a new head coach, you don't have to do the show. But the Redskins don't meet that criteria. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting one. So, I don't know. I mean, the Redskins are awful. And by the way, the Raiders, speaking of another Gruden team, the Raiders really screwed me in my, my parlay last week. I had, like, my locks were really, really solid last week. And then the Raiders showed up, and uh, Denver did not. But I blame myself, <laughs> though. You can't yeah, – of course I blame myself. But you can't – you cannot predict – um, when the Denver Broncos are going to follow their coaching staff, man, that coaching staff there, I, I really think that they uh, that the players just don't like them. Yeah, no, you can definitely tell there's some uh, there's some there's some strong tension on that sideline. Yeah, and I, I think like half the AFC West because I love the Chargers and I love the and although I'm not enamored with the Chargers coaching staff either, honestly, but um, the Chargers you have to like them, and I think they're one of the most talented teams in football. The Chiefs obviously are great; they're well coached. Um, and then you have the Broncos, who I think they're going to get rid of Lynn this offseason. We'll see. And um, and the Raiders, who at this point only have nine seasons plus one game left um, under the Gruden contract. So there is light ahead for you Raiders fans. Um, let's move it along, uh, Sam. We have Tom Brady says he's going to be back, which I don't think either one of us are surprised by. Um, but, man, what a run this guy's on, huh? Crazy. And, and I just kind of want because Gronk looked like he's uh he's on his last legs um and I know Brady you know had talked about in this off past off season if they were to trade Gronk or Gronk was to retire that he would retire it kind of looks like he's re-energized and they'll go get another tight end and um who knows man he, he's unbelievable 
You know, and that goes to show you too, man, Belichick, right? He's he's always selling high on these players. I remember Richard Seymour when they traded to him years and years ago, probably over 10 years ago at this point. Everybody was going crazy about how you can't trade him. And they traded him and you know what? They won some Super Bowls after they traded him. Um, Gronkowski, this was probably the offseason to trade him. And now, now, although to be fair too, Gronk did say he would retire if he got traded too. Right. So there was some There was some hardball going back and forth with all that stuff. But right. yeah, I mean, I, I it, the, the one thing I've noticed because Sam, you know, I do the analytics on the get paid podcast and I go through weekly, I go through and, and give my projections for the, the daily fantasy, the football stats. I, I run them against uh, the projected, you know, touchdowns, yards, all that stuff against uh, DraftKings scoring. And consistently Gronkowski is, you know, he's still in the top 10, but he's lower and that's one thing I always get nailed on too when I post these to mass distribution like Reddit and stuff. When I do that, everybody's like, well, how are you going to have Gronk at, you know, at number 10? How are you going to have him behind George Kittle or something like that? And it's like, dude, like over the course of the season, now nobody's calling me on that stuff. But I guess the point is, um, you know, rather than me giving myself a soft plug and you should go to Reddit and check out my rankings next year and buy my book and all that stuff, um, rather than rather than that be the point, the, the real point is that Gronkowski, Gronkowski's slipping. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's a physical degradation. I don't know if it's, you know, the offense. You know, I don't really know. Maybe his head wasn't totally in to football. I mean, you know, the, the offseason last year was uh, was well documented. I don't really know what we're going to get there, but uh, it's I don't know, but it, it's crazy to see his arm or his elbow wrapped up like that every week. <laughs> it looks like he looks like Mega Man, you know, out there with like a black, like a blaster. Like, I was going to say like Ma- and like Maximus Aurelius and Gladiator going to, going into yeah, battle. Yeah, like or thing. yeah, or um, you know Brad Pitt in World War Z where he straps up like all those phone books to his arm, <laughs> you know, when he's he's just fighting off the zombies. That's what I always think of when I see Gronk out there with that huge pillow around his arm. You <laughs> know what? Crazy. Let me tell you something. If somebody came out with a TV show or a movie, I think this would be a perfect Netflix stream. Is Gronkowski the zombie fighter? And he just—that's he, what he uses. He he lets them bite <laughs> that uh, that implement. You tell me you wouldn't watch that? Oh, of course I would. Oh my gosh, you can make it a comedy. You can make it a drama. You can make it an action. I don't care what the format of that show is. Give me zombies and Gronkowski. I'll watch that all day. I will watch it too. And then oh, you like I when he gets it. when he comes back and his shirt's all dirty, he throws it in a washing machine, washes it with Tide Pods. <laughs> the the the, uh, the marketing is endless. I'm telling you, man. Like this stuff writes itself. This stuff writes it itself. Does. So. It does. Still looking, still looking for that uh, for that uh, literary agent. So uh, get in contact. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was speaking of Netflix and my wife and I started watching this show um, called, uh, what is it? Fit for Fashion. Have you heard of it? No. No, I have not. Um, it's a train wreck, man. It's and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It is just wonderful. Is it a reality show? It is a reality is it, uh, show. It's, oh, okay. um, as far as I can tell, it's like filmed with either either a uh, an English film crew or maybe it's a um like an australian or new zealand uh film crew i don't really know where it is it's filmed in malaysia but um they have people of all different countries they have americans they have you know people who are um definitely english um you know indian uh new zealand australia um but what leads me to believe it's british is it's all kind of in that uh you know the kingdom um of britain uh or commonwealth or what have you but the uh, the show format is basically they get these random people. I think they started with 10 or 12 and they have to go through a fitness regimen 
and also like that same week do a fashion shoot. And none of these okay. people have any experience in fitness or in fashion. So it's just a cluster. The whole thing's a cluster, but uh, it's very enjoyable to watch. So, All right, everybody out there, raise your game with Bovada for football or Bovada for, uh, for NBA. Sam and I are going to be talking about a lot of these lines. Uh, welcome bonuses are fantastic. Sam and I are always talking about uh, taking advantage of these. 50% up to $250 if you go to Bovada.lv slash promotion slash sports dash welcome dash bonus. Uh, you can also, if Bitcoin's your thing, I love using Bitcoin for these things as well. You get 50% matchup bonus up to $1,500 uh, if you go to uh, you know Bovada.lv and go to the Bitcoin welcome bonus. And Sam, uh, I know you have uh, you have an account. Do you have anybody here that's kind of looking into these things? Yeah, man, I've been on it. You know, I use it for the uh, NBA, but I've uh, been trying to get our, our buddy Gooch on there. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Well, they have a, they have a refer. I'll tell you what, um, I'll give you the link, right? You, you're well, okay. we'll split the bonus. Yeah, yeah. You can do a refer a friend bonus. They'll match you up to 200% of what, uh, what your friend gives. So we'll just give Gooch, uh, get Gooch to, to do it. Now you're, you got to cap at a hundred, right? They're going to be reasonable about this, but we'll right. split that. We'll split that 50, 50 and we get, uh, yeah, we get a free bet out of that, which is great. And nice. look, yeah, the, the action this weekend's great. We have, uh, the, the NFL playoffs, they are firming up. We're going to know what the matchups are. The NBA, this is one of the seats. Sam and I are going to dig into this in a bit, but Sam, uh, I think this is one of, uh, the most interesting seasons, or I think it's shaping up to be. I think there's a lot of parity in this league. I think maybe the three-point shot is uh, is equalizing things, I think, game to game. You never really know who's going to hit, who's going to make those threes, who's going to go on these runs, who's going to get hot. I love I love betting NBA. I'm having a, a very successful start to the year, so uh, we'll go in there as well. Uh, and then, look, the bowl season's coming up, too. We got the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl coming right down the line, December 29th. You got the New Year's Bowls coming. So, again, everybody, you can check out BovadaSportsBook.com. You can also uh, take advantage of those uh, those referral bonuses, the welcome bonus, the Bitcoin. I've been using Bovada for years. It's so easy. They're one of the best sites. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. All right, so let's move this on. So we got the Baker, <laughs> the Baker Mayfield, Hugh Jackson stare down, um, which is interesting, man. Just it's a top level thoughts, man. What did you think about this when you saw it? Well, yeah, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, too. Um, to me, it seems like there's a lot more there, you know, why he's so upset at Hugh Jackson. I don't know if it's just, you know, he thought he should have started as a, you know, as a rookie quarterback. Right out you know, the gate. First in the league. Huh? Right out the gate, you mean? like Yeah, started, right yeah. Out, yeah, like right out the gate. Or, you know, if he's just mad that he went to Cincinnati or what the deal is. I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of hostility. Um, and I don't know if he just uses this to, to help himself play better. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if you know anything else. I, d I don't know um, anything about this guy. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love it, you know, but it just seems like he's taking it very personal. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I think it's I think it's all of the above. I think he likes. I mean, I, you know, Mayfield. He's he very famously has a chip on his shoulder, right? And um, not that I'm comparing the two, but uh, Michael Jordan did the same thing, right? I mean, he would just almost embellish or make up things to get pissed off at so that it would elevate his own play. And it seems like Mayfield kind of does that. He likes, you know, he's walked on. Um, and became the starting quarterback of two college football teams. That's hard to do. 
um, to right. different co- and, and Oklahoma being one of them. That's not that's not right. an easy thing, right? And then um, even coming out in the draft, uh, you know, Sam Darnold. I I was somebody who was saying, gosh, you know, if I was Cleveland, I wouldn't take him. I was saying Sam Darnold, and I would take Rosen. And I got to say, man, I, I look like a moron for saying it. And there are a lot of people that did say it, but I'll I'll actually own up to it. I, I think that Mayfield is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. With one caveat, if uh, if Sam Darnold uh, in New York can get the right offensive head coach to help him in his development, I still think he has the top the top potential of the group. But it's hard for me to imagine at this point anybody catching Baker Mayfield uh, in his play. Now, in terms of Hugh Jackson, who the hell knows, man? I think part right. of it is like Hugh Jackson is I was looking this up today because I, I'll talk about NFL head coaches in a little bit, too. And we'll have like a whole offseason to talk about this stuff. But um, you know, Hugh Jackson is something like as a as a head coach in the NFL, I think he was eight and eight in his one season with Oakland and then got fired. Um, right. During, I think that was like Al Davis's last head coach firing or something like that. So you knew he was going to get canned. And then in Cleveland, he was like three and thirty-four and one or something like that. So you're talking about a right. head coach that's like, like eleven and forty-four, right? You know, I, you you saw it. You watched Hard Knocks. We talked about this a lot. We're like Cleveland Browns experts this year. You saw how that 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 head coaching room was. You saw the kind of the reserved animosity between the assistant coaches and him. I got to think that I got to think that some of that might have carried over into the offensive players as well. Uh, and then on top of that, I do know that he was upset that he went that Hugh Jackson went back to uh, Cincinnati. Right. Which, if, if if that's part of it, I mean, hey, whatever motivates you is fine. But you know, the guy gets fired. He had success in Cincinnati as an offensive coordinator. You know, he has a right to go out and get a job. You know. Yeah, especially for his buddy, you know, Marvin yeah. Lewis is a good friend of his. Yeah, I'd be like me getting canned and you'd be like, hey, you want to come over here for a little bit? Because they're still paying your salary. So yeah, anything we give you is just, you know, whatever. Right. It's, it's not a bad gig, man. Absolutely not. So, yeah. So, I mean, and then, you know, in terms of uh, Mayfield, I guess I talked a little bit about his um, – his play and he continues to get better. I got to say this Browns team is really responding to Greg Williams, AKA Colonel Sanders as the head (laughs) coach. Um, I do not think that they should give him the head coaching job uh, next year. Uh, I just, I don't, you know, it's one of those things, almost like a Jim Harbaugh, I think Um, Jim or John, whichever one's in Michigan. I always get the brothers confused. I think it's Jim, Jim Harbaugh and Jim, 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 John's John's in Baltimore. Yeah. I always get those brothers confused. I wish I wish it was like Jim and like um, I don't know, um, Samson, Samson Hardball. Like it, maybe uh, names that are a little bit different. So it'd be right. Be, right. Oh yeah, Samson. Uh, he's in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, but no, not so much. Anyway, so uh, so Harbaugh uh, of the Michigan Harbaugh's, he he wears on people, right? Like the the book right. on him is that you know he, he'll get a lot out of you, but you get tired of him real quick. And you know as a um, you know, as a 19, 20 year old kid going to Michigan, you're a hot recruit. You're trying to be the best you can be so you can get into the NFL. You can, you kind of have to deal with that in the NFL. You're a 35 year old man. You can retire and go start a winery or, you know, or, um, you know, you're a kid who's very talented. You don't have to listen to that stuff anymore. So 
Right. It's just different. I don't think Greg Williams is going to be successful long term. Um, although I will say, you know, he had a stint in Buffalo. It wasn't the most successful. It would be his second head coaching job. I'm okay with giving guys a second head coaching run. Uh, Belichick, hey, New England is Belichick's second job. Although he was pretty successful in Cleveland, who for some reason let him go. They should have never done that. But Right. Yep. Who that whole uh, infrastructure that he set up is now in Baltimore because Cleveland famously left Cleveland and uh, went to Baltimore and then won two Super Bowls <laughs> there. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable, you know, rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it myself. You hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit sick right now. My wife is like, dude, you're not taking anything. Come on, man. Take care of yourself. I never do it to myself. And look, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70%, I can't believe this number, 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. And thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash Sportsaholic, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet unmarked packaging guys go online and get checked by the doctor erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle but with roman it's really easy so take care of it for a free online visit go to getroman.com slash sportsaholic that's getroman.com slash sportsaholic for that free online visit once again guys it's getroman.com slash sportsaholic and moving on to head coaches so i guess is a good segue because of hugh jackson i'm reading up on uh you know some of the I, I I saw an article today that I thought was an interesting headline. It was like, hey, there's going to be a lot of, you know, quality people out there for head coaching jobs. And I my gut was the opposite. I was thinking that, you know, with the recent hirings of people like, uh, you know, Nagy in Chicago, who, again, you know, I thought was a little bit of a reach, but maybe an unknown entity because he didn't call plays in uh, Kansas City, I don't think. Um, and then, you know, McCarthy, the young guy uh, for, for the Rams of Los Angeles. I thought, you know, a lot of these top line assistant coaches uh, on the offensive side of the ball have been kind of depleted. Um, cause all the quality guys have, have had coaches and they're, they're, they're doing well, except for McDaniels who kind of scorned Indianapolis last year. He's still out there as well, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, so I started looking at the, the, the coaches in this article and Hugh Jackson was one of them and he's just under a quote unquote recently fired head coach, but I can't imagine anybody's going to give him and here it is. Yeah. 1144 and one is his coaching record. Um, including that eight and eight season, he's three thirty six and one in Cleveland. Um, if anybody gives him a third job, they're nuts. Mike McCarthy uh, is out there. I think he'd be a great fit in New York. Um, a young quarterback, start fresh. Maybe he could get something going there. New York, by the way, the Jets. That vacancy is not a vacancy yet. Bowles is still employed, although I don't see how he survives. Then you get into interim head coaches, Joe Philbin who sucked in Miami. He was awful <laughs> with the Dolphins. And then you have Greg Williams, who I just said I'm not a big fan of, but I can see giving him a job. And then you have a poo-poo platter of first-time head coaches. And I can't find anybody that I like in this group. Uh, Vic Fangio is interesting. for uh, He's the Bears defensive coordinator. 
He's um, he's well thought of, but apparently he always blows the head coaching interviews, and that's so important, man. Like you can't hire somebody to run your team who can't interview well, well, right, man? Yeah, no, that's not that's not a good look. Not, not a good look to lead to lead a bunch of young men. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, his defenses everywhere have always been great. Um, I got to think he's going to get a chance this year, but he's sixty. It would be weird for him to get his first shot at the age of sixty, right? Um, and, yeah. and you know, I've always said this, man, I'm not a big fan of give a defensive coordinator a head coaching job unless he's going to come in there with a really aggressive offensive coordinator. Like I'm cool with how, um, how Tennessee did it. They, they hired Vrabel and then Vrabel hired LaFleur away from the Rams so that they could try to install some kind of, you know, higher octane offense, um, and help Bill Belichick as a defensive coach. Right. Uh, right. but he's always been aggressive on both sides of the ball. The problem is I feel like. I feel like the defensive-minded head coaches try to run a conservative offense, and I don't think you can win anything playing conservative with uh, one half or maybe one third if you count special teams, right? Um, you know, like can you imagine Sam? Like in, in the in the NBA, like you know, the Warriors hiring defensive-minded head coach and being like, oh, just you know, just hold on to the ball and, and bleed the sl- the shot clock. We'll we'll win the right. game forty-five to right. forty. I mean, come on, man. yeah, we're gonna go away from everything that we're good at. Yeah, aggression wins. You're seeing it with the three point shot, man. Take a risk, right. shoot from further out. You're going to hit them, and if you can hit at a higher percentage, you win the game. Period. Period. Yeah, and then you're gonna, yeah, and then you're gonna, and then there's gonna be games where you know you'll have an outlier because if if you don't shoot well, well, then you're probably not gonna win, and that's what happened last night. This didn't shoot well. They got some good looks. You know, Luke Walton did a good thing, but they just didn't shoot well. But my money's on them to usually try to make it. So yeah, and I want to dig into that in just a bit. Um, yeah. What else? I, I, the Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City intrigues me because hey, you know we see what Nagy's doing. Obviously, Kansas City and Andy Reid's always good. Uh, Bieniemy kind of stepped in there. I don't know. I mean, look, this offense is Andy Reid's offense, but Kansas City's putting up a hell of a lot of points. Um, that'll be interesting. Matt Lafleur, I mentioned him in Tennessee. He's a guy, but he comes from you know he coached under Kyle Shanahan and under Sean McVay. He's thirty nine. He's a young guy, but he hasn't done anything with that that Titans offense. So I you know why? And I I just don't like any of these like the second or third chance coaches. I'm looking through them. Yeah, Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell yeah. really his third head coaching job. Does he inspire any confidence in anybody outside retreads. of retreads? Yeah, I hate retreads. You know, usually you give guy like one one time, you know, if he has decent success, maybe maybe he'll warrant, you know, a stay on or something. But some of these guys like you, you hear the same names over and over. It's Chuck like, Pagano. Are you kidding yeah, me? Like, come on. Chuck now. Pagano, who wasted the first like five or six years of Andrew Luck's career. You're going to talk about him getting another head coaching job? Right. Come on, man. Right. The one interesting one, though, is uh, Bruce Arians came out, you know, because he retired from Arizona. Um, last year with some, I think he has like crazy like migraine issues or maybe he has chest issues. I can't remember which one. I actually think he's the chest issue, and um, yeah, the liar Urban Meyer is uh, is the is the, the migraine right, issue. Right, right. Um, but he said he would come back and coach Cleveland if that that was the one job that he would come back and coach. Um, but I don't think I don't think Baker Mayfield's style of play. He's kind right. of a smaller guy. I don't think he's the guy that can sit back and take hits and be pummeled. Um, like Ben Roethlisberger was for a few years and like Carson Palmer was, I think that would shorten Mayfield's career, but it would be an interesting fit because Arians has been successful everywhere he's gone. So, Yeah, I like him. 
Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's move it. Uh, let's talk about some NBA stuff, man. So, LaCroix watch. LeBron, what's going on with that, man? The groin injury. Uh, it looks like he's going to be fine. Um, I know. Like, day to day. and <laughs> But that was, you know, that's we haven't seen LeBron get hurt right? too many times and have to leave a game. So, that was a little interesting. Um, and more interesting was that the Lakers were able to, you know, pretty much withstand all that and win by, like, 30. So, uh, in Golden State, which was just a really strange, strange game. Yeah, strange game. And um, I, I don't want to say this is stranger. And so I, I, I teased this a couple of times throughout the show. But this NBA season, I was kind of looking back, kind of catching my stuff up with stats from the last week, seeing what's been going on. And um, and I, I looked at standings for the first time. I only look like at the actual standings of the teams every every so often because they fluctuate. And I noticed that the bottom teams in each conference have about eight wins. And I'm thinking, you know, there have been years where multiple teams have been around eight wins like in February, you know, right. and we're already in um, we're just approaching the new year now and we're going to have most of the teams at least at double digit wins yet. That means like the the top pick in the NBA draft probably next year um, or I should say, yeah, I guess next year at this point, um, the 2019 NBA draft, they're probably going to have like 20 ish to 25 ish wins. Um, right. They're not going to be as putrid as we're used to seeing maybe like a number one or the top three picks be. This is interesting, man. What do you make of it? Do you think my th- my first thought was, oh, well, since it's kind of a streaky game now, if the teams get hot and they're hoisting three pointers, yeah, they can win eight out, you know, one out of five games if they're bad. I mean, is that what you think? Yeah, I really think, you know, um, it's like you've said a few times, there's so much parody right now. There's, you know, these guys and pretty much one to 15 even these seven footers are are drilling three-pointers now where you know you know a guy like uh brooke lopez with the nets he's always been a back to the basket player with a decent you know outside 15 18 foot jumper well now you know he's he's shooting five threes a game um and, you know, usually, you know, shooting about 40% from the three-point line. Jeez. So it's just a different – it's just a different game. And it's like you, you can live and die by the three, and almost every team is doing that. I saw, I saw Crowder uh, in Utah. His his three-point percentage is like 43% this season. I was like, are, are you freaking kidding me? Crazy, <laughs> man. Like, I saw that because I, I, um, I was watching last night when I came back home. And I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. Like, what, what what planet am I living on where this is happening? But, I mean, that's what it is, man. And you get hot and uh, you can hit get on a roll, man. Right. Like, nobody's going to beat you. And, th- and then you nope. start to see some of these, like, 140 to 138 games in regulation <laughs> Right, uh, that happen every now and then because both teams are hot, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer in a way, though. Like you talked about that, uh, like uh, maybe a couple months ago, about how like you're playing like pickup games now, and everybody's just hoisting three pointers from way far back. Yeah, and if you go to a lot of high school games now, um, you know these kids are, you know, instead of just taking a regular three, you know, they're they're, you know, they're easily five six feet behind the line, you know, for no other reason than that's what they're that's what they're going out and practicing and you know there's there's very few Steph Curry's in the world so I always say if you can if you could drive to the basket take that or get fouled over you know just some dorky three-point shot because that's what that's what's in right now 
Yeah, uh, man. Maybe ne- maybe the next time I'm down there, we can get into uh, to like a some high school game or something. I'd be interested to see kind of how, how it's strange, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's strange. It's like, yeah, it's really strange. It's very very quick. You know, there's you know seven. You know, it's like seven seconds or less type basketball. Hmm. Um, very, you know, um, yeah, very three point centric. Just a bunch of bricks, land yep. bricks, a lot of bricks, you know, but then these guys will hit one and it's like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, man, I was ahead of my time. I should have like, I wish I could, uh, I could take my 18 year old body and just bring it out into the, uh, the 2018 game because I could hit the threes, man. I could hit the threes. Yeah, but the and- problem, yeah, the problem is though, it's like. Some a lot of these guys have younger coaches that let let them do that. Like yeah. my high school coach would have never, <laughs> no matter how good I was shooting, let me just come down on the wing, pass the ball like once or twice. We swing it around once or twice, and then somebody jacks up a thirty footer. Like oh, we wouldn't see the we wouldn't see the court again for three games. Like yeah, you know. So now it's just it's just a different it's a different game, you know. Yeah, I don't think uh, AAU probably doesn't help. I mean, all the power with high school coaches is gone at this point anyway. But it's all right. it's all these yep. traveling teams, and you know the the high school coaches they're just hoping that the players will continue to play for them. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 just different, man. You know, I'm not saying it's any it's worse or it's better. It's just it's just different. Yeah. Um, speaking of going back and talking about the standings, um, the Lakers, man, are the number four seed in the playoffs, which, you know, it's kind of where I thought they would end up, but they're kind of stringing it together a little bit earlier. Now, I do think LeBron is probably extending himself a little bit too much, physically speaking. I know right. he's come out and said that. And now, I mean, that's easy for me to say now because of the groin thing. But um, but you kind of hit on it, too. Like, the this is the first time I remember LeBron ever really kind of coming up lame on anything, right? Is this like the beginning of the nagging injury stage in his career? I don't know. Um, I I hope not, but... You know, the only time he's ever taken time away for a quote-unquote injury was like two years ago when he was basically just saying like Cleveland management wasn't doing anything, so he was going to take a little break. (laughs) A little LeBron sabbatical. Yeah, so, um, but I don't know. I I thought because I saw on the thing he said that he heard it pop. You know, and I was like, uh, that's not going to be good. He's going to be out for a while. But it looks like it's just going to be, you know, a little bit of time. The guy takes care of his body like nobody else in the league. Yeah, I'm sure he's already over, sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, spends over a million dollars on on his body a year. Um, so, you know, I, I think if there's anybody that has weathered the storm for the right reasons, it's, it's LeBron. It's definitely not a freak thing that he hasn't been hurt. He definitely... It definitely puts a lot of work in. Very good. Anything else NBA related you want to get into? Yeah, actually, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but um, I think it's going to be in 2020. Um, the There's like 10 hours. They're doing a 10-hour documentary on ESPN about Michael Jordan. Um, and basically, it's a bunch of camera footage that's never been shown from the 98 season 
and there's a lot of arguments. There's fights, practice fights. All this stuff is on film. They were given, these guys were given full access um, for the whole year. And they're in locker rooms, they're in stuff. And was that the, the 70 win season or was that? The yes, year? this okay. was the best, the best team ever, 72 and 10. 10. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. It, the trailer's out. Like if you just Google, um, I think it's, you know, Michael Jordan documentary, um, ESPN. There's a, about a two minute trailer um, and it looks it looks good. You know, you hear you hear uh, Michael talking shit about Scotty and <laughs> talking shit about um, yeah. Rodman and Phil's in it and Steve Kerr's in it and um, yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty good. I the first thing I I'm wonder doing... if the infamous good. I wonder if the infamous Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr fight is on this film that they have. Yeah, I don't know, man. But I don't know if that was from that team. That could have been from the year before, two years or early, like yeah, that, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but they show practice footage and MJ getting in people's ass. So um, <laughs> just in the trailer. So I'm like, man, this is gonna be so good. Uh, the so first thing good. I'm gonna do after I'm done recording this episode with you is I'm gonna go back and watch and uh, watch that trailer, man. That's gonna be it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, check it out. So you know, and, sure. and that's another thing, man. I'm so far behind on the 30 for 30s. <laughs> yeah. Me. And uh, I need to pick up some of these. The one that I never saw that I uh, that I wanted to is the one, I think Billy Corgan, I think the guy from Smashing Pumpkins directed it. Yeah. It was about like how players go broke after um, after they're done playing, like within like five years. Like whatever the crazy is. Yeah, that's a good is. one. That's a good one. N- never yeah. saw that. The last one I, th- I remember seeing is the the crazy one with the, how the Orlando Magic of the 90s with Shaq oh. um, completely went south. That was the last one I saw. It was great. But like I enjoy, I seriously enjoy every single one of them. It's just that, you know, I never know when the heck they're going to be on. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I loved I loved the one with Vladi Divac and uh, the guy on the Nets that uh, passed away too young. Yeah, Petrovic. Petrovic, yeah. yeah. Petrovic, yeah. Uh, they're all, I mean, they're all good, man. Those 30 for 30s. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, that was a good thing Simmons put together there. So I'm glad he's sure. still reaping the benefits of those. For sure. Uh, in that inferior podcasting network he's on. He wishes he was yeah, on the episode, baby. He wishes <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, man. What well, else happened? Nah, you man, think, I think whatever, nah, man. What about well, Christmas, man? What happened, man? Well, no, nah, man. So we, we got, you know, this time of the year, you, you got all these friends that, you know, I, I'm still local, like where we all grew up, mm. and uh, so we always have these friends that come in basically either at Thanksgiving or they come in at Christmas or whatever. And we have this one guy. I don't know. I mean, I guess we call him Danny. We can call him yeah, his name. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, um, he's hilarious. Um, he basically was in, he went to the Naval Academy and then he like bounced around for a while doing some random stuff. And then he went back to school, you know, like three years ago uh, to USC to get his master's. It was basically like living like a college guy. <laughs> and I think it was I think it was like last year or something. He was like, we're all sitting around talking about like our kids and our family and our jobs and our mortgages and stuff. And he's like, man, like, you know, 
y'all, this is crazy, man. Y'all talking about kids and like houses. He's like, that's nuts. And I'm like, um, we're in our thirties, Danny. Like that's usually the trajection. Yeah. We're all, we're all over 35 at this point. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, like usually that's, that's the way that it goes. So it's always funny because anytime I throw in our group text, Oh, Danny's in town. It always, you know, people are like, <laughs> don't rush. Into, don't rush into having. Yeah. Any don't kids. rush. Don't rush into any. Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't rush into anything. Hey man, don't, you don't need a job just yet. You're only four. And that's the thing. He'll be like, Oh, you, you, you're going to, you, you leave it now. And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking one in the morning, man. Like, I got to go to work tomorrow. And he's like, oh, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess people got to do that. And I'm like, yeah, man, just because you're on vacation from your weird job. Like, that's me. What is he doing these days? Do you know? I don't know, man. What was the one thing? What was the one thing that he started the business? Was it like, it was like, um, it's like an Airbnb for extreme sporting (laughs) equipment. So if you need like a jet engine, um, uh, what are those things? The wave runner. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you need one of those, you can rent it for a day. And right. uh, so that one didn't, uh, what did that get no, bought out by Google or Facebook with that one? That didn't take off. No. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, he, he's a, he's a really smart guy, really bright individual, but He's, he does some weird weird stuff. Yeah. You know, I've it was one of the fortunate things that um, you know me growing up in my household where uh, Sam, you know this. Like my brother was just always like a computer, you know, valedictorian. Um, right. Everybody to this day, everybody that meets him says he's the smartest guy that they've ever they've ever met, the smartest person they've ever met. And uh, my sister is very um, you know very academically inclined, and you know. Uh, but she she's not my brother, right? So she can put mm. all of her effort, and she did, and she does, put all of her effort behind trying to be as uh, as great as she can academically, but she's never going to match up to my computer-reigned brother um, just because that's just how it is. And, um, you know, growing up, I um, I always felt like I was ahead of the pack. I wasn't at the top of the pack, but I was ahead of the pack academically. I always got good grades. And I would look around, um, you know, and I would – be more academically inclined than some of my peers around me. I'm thinking, okay. And then I would go home and then I would get it from my parents about how hard my brother worked and how great he is academically and how my sister worked. And I just remember like, I mean, seriously, like when I was eight years old, I would think I'm not going to be that. Um, that's, that's not me in life. And so like, I've always, I've always kind of have had this, take a step back and look at the situation mentality. It's like, okay, right. I'm not going to be him. That's not going to be my legacy. If I, if I make that my legacy, I'm never going to live up to it. And right. I've always felt very strongly that intelligence is relative to a situation. Like you can be a mathematician, but like if, you're, if your engine you know, has a check engine light on, what are you going to do about it? You're going to take it to a mechanic because they know right. about the engine, right? You right. know, if you're... Um, you know, if you're a, a surgeon and the pilot in your airplane has a heart attack, well, are you going to take over the plane or is the co-pilot going to take over the plane? You know, it's, it's all relative. So I think I've been a little fortunate in um, at least having that experience in my life. But right. that's another fortunate thing, too, is is, you know, hanging out with people that think they're smart. And <laughs> we all know that. And everybody listening to the show, you know, you're either that person or 
you have people like this in your life and they just walk around and they think they're smart because they've always been the smartest growing up. It's like, dude, I, I grew up like having arguments at the dinner table with my brother who's 10 years older than me and is a computer and like, you know, losing arguments to him and, and learning to like, kind of like how to like combat, like that's the smartest person I've ever met. Right. These piss ants right. that I like run into. I have a very, right. I will say this. I have a very hard time um, in my career kind of dealing with people that, that think that they're so much smarter than everybody else. Cause it's like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're not that smart. And even if you are that smart, it doesn't matter because you might not be the person to figure out this problem, you know? And I feel like intelligence a lot of times, especially average intelligence, people that are of average intelligence and think that they're smart above average right. intelligence, that's where you get people like, I don't know, running the country, for example, not not necessarily one political party or another, but everybody just thinks they always have the best ideas when really if we're just kind of trying to learn from each other, we're all going to get collectively the best ideas, but I don't know. I feel you, man. Shout out to your brother. He's really funny, too. Yeah, my brother, he's a funny guy, man. He's funny. He's got that dry, like... He's like very dry. dry. sense of humor, but he's... I think he's really funny. He's a funny dude. Like, he's... Um, He's like, a, like I said, he's computer, like he's a programmer, um, but he's not like, you know, the Sheldon Cooper, like if you want, you know, he's not like right. the um, the trumped up version of that. He, he's just like, he's just a regular person who's like really right. smart. Good for him. He has a giant, yeah. he's a giant head. He'll tell you that. Like when he like yeah. a Christmas list, if he's, if he's putting a hat on there, he's basically asking for the largest hat, but he needs two hats sewn together. <laughs> to make to make one hat. I've never seen a head of its equal, and uh, he does have a big. But head. he's got He's got to. He's got to fit that brain in there, man. So yeah, man. Good for him. <laughs> All right, man. I think we ended it. Ended there. Do you have All any other right. stories from the week? <laughs> no, I'll save them for next week. Yeah, man, save it. Got it. We got to keep the material going for next week, man. Yeah, I'll let you know how this hangout with. Uh, this high school hangout goes. We'll, I miss we'll go those, that. man. That's another thing. Those, those fake reunions that we would throw together. Maybe we'll, uh, I know we've told a couple of those stories. Maybe we'll think of a couple more throughout the week. Yeah, bro. All right. Well, next week we'll have the full playoff picture. Um, you know, Sam and I are going to be pivoting a little bit more towards, uh, more towards NBA. Um, the get paid podcast is going to be pivoting a little bit more towards major league baseball, but we're going to be keeping the NFL Look, everybody, NFL is king. We're going to be keeping the NFL going all year long on both podcasts. So, uh, you know, keep coming back. Keep enjoying the stuff. Also, give us a Twitter uh, follow. Sam's at TFS underscore Sam Van Dam. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. That's S-E-A-N. Uh, let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we could uh, improve on. If you want to hear any segments or uh, want us to delve into some stuff, hey, man, let's make this interactive. I want to say, uh, give a shout out once again to BovadaSportsBook.com. Thank you so much for the partnership. And again, man, uh, you know, always great to be on the, on the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network and uh, found on Podcast One. That's, uh, that's always great as well. And then Roman, also, thank you for the partnership. So everybody, grow out, have a great week, learn something from somebody else. And uh, don't think that you're the smartest person in the room. If you do think that, um, it's probably not the case. Be good. Be good.